0: Welcome everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Six Figure Social Worker Podcast. It's your girl LA. I am your Six Figure Social Worker. And listen, 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 I have someone here that have uh what's the word? She has definitely made a deposit into my life in this field. It's so funny. She's the one that I share with you guys about that. I had two mentors, one had her PhD in social work. And the other one, you know, she had a licensed independent, um, she was a licensed independent social worker. And that's the one who I kind of follow her path. And so before I continue, let me just introduce you to Sean Dowling. And so without further ado, Sean, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being willing to share your experience as a social worker with our audience. Thank you.
1: Happy to be here. And thanks for
0: inviting me. Okay. I also have Kimberly. Pull them, she's here and she's going to start to help me ask questions, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so talk share with them your experience with Sean.
2: Oh wow. I don't even know if we have enough time for all that. <laughs> um, I my career path crossed with Sean's many years ago when I was working at another um community mental health community agency. Um, Sean for whatever reason, I like to think she took a liking to me, but I really took a liking to her. Mm-hmm. Um, she has been a friend, a role model. Um, one of the things about Sean in particular is that during times in my life, as a professional when I was just getting into school. Um, Sean is a person that deposited. Sean saw something in me that even when I felt like maybe this isn't what I want to do or I don't want to keep. She was always that push, that encouragement. Um, I call Sean my shiro oh, to this yes, day. Yes, to yes, this yes, day. Yes. Um, and then. With myself being a veteran and Sean dedicating so much of her social work life and expertise to assisting veterans, that's just the icing on the cake for me. Absolutely,
0: <laughs> absolutely. Same way. I mean, mm-hmm. likewise, right? I mean, she supervised me for my two-year supervision to get my eye. And just one who seen something in me that I didn't mm-hmm. see. You know what I'm saying? So to be able to bring you on so you can yes. share is just like humbling. It's amazing. I know you are so humble. She like, you know, she's an equal opportunity um, (laughs) social worker. (laughs) So Sean, would you just talk to us, um, share with us um, how you guys started? And we really don't want to limit you. Just share with mm-hmm. us, um, and keeping in mind that there's some social workers that's trying to figure out the path that they should go, you know, um, between getting the two year supervision, taking that exam or going for a PhD and taking those extra years, you mm-hmm. know, but just share with us your path in social work.
1: Okay. Um, actually been, um, a licensed social worker in the state of Ohio since 1994, wow. um, I graduated uh, with a bachelor's degree in human services from a small private Catholic college in my hometown and um, was able to be grandfathered in with my LSW uh, when I came to Ohio to work. And um, then in uh, 2004, I received my master's in social work degree uh, from Eastern Michigan University. And then um, in 2006, uh, became an LASW. So I came into social work. My mother was a social worker. Okay. So, and my father was a firefighter. So uh, he was a public servant. So I grew up in a family where we valued helping other people. Wow. And um, that we also valued character and morals over what kind of a car you drove or what kind of a house you lived in. I love it. Um, our faith and spirituality really was centered on did you help someone today? And um, how did you contribute? Actually, it goes back even further than that. My (laughs) mom's side of the family during the um, Great Depression owned a uh, meat market and grocery store in um, their hometown. And my mom remembers um, times uh, would tell stories about how when um, the depression happened and then after Um, Her family was well known because they would, if people didn't have money, um, her grandfather would still deliver food and make sure the family had meat and make sure the family had what they had, they needed to get through that rough time. If somebody lost their job, um, my uh, grandfather, my great grandfather would have. The meat market, give them a job—not a handout, but a handoff. Right. Absolutely. And so, uh, our family, we go on to um, take on the same value, and um, and I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a social worker. Um, actually, got exposed myself to social work. Um, the domestic violence movement um, arrived in our small our small rural community in about 1972, and. Um, We were, my mom was a part of a group of women who would um, move uh, women who were fleeing domestic violence and their children in almost an underground railroad system. So we would, uh, women would get picked up in one community in one state and be driven. And uh, we would meet uh, women and their children who were fleeing um, violence in um, cornfields. We would drive by a cornfield and the family would be standing in the cornstalks and they would have a flashlight that they would flash on the dark road and we would know that they were there. And we would pick them up and we would drive them up to the next town. Sometimes we drove them to Detroit, sometimes to the bridge, over the bridge in Canada. It just depended on where the family was going, sometimes up to um, parts of uh, northern Lower Peninsula. And so, uh, we, I began to learn about this. I then, um, as I got a little bit older, when I was about 11 or 12, we, they, my mom and a friend of hers started a domestic violence support group and I was the babysitter. Right. (laughs) Right. 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 Oh, wow. And so, uh, you know, learning about, learning about those things and learning about domestic violence and, and seeing the impact of, uh, people helping people, Yeah. um, and watching that movement itself, the domestic violence movement itself grow, um, and the social changes and the legal changes that you know came from all of that has been just absolutely amazing. So, really, um, in, when I was an undergrad, every um, spring break we would go someplace. We would stay in a youth hostel. Um, one year we went to the Appalachian Mountains and we dug people out uh, in the spring and yeah. go up and you would shovel. You'd climb the mountain, shovel people out, wow. um, right. and you'd be the first people that many families had seen wow. in many months. Right. Um, gone many times to Washington, D.C. and, and help the homeless, um, and we would right. stay in storefronts or youth hostels, um, and yeah. so you get a whole nother experience right. of what wow. that's all right. about. Right. So, uh, just Having those types of experience um, in my childhood, and my family morals and their values, and then um, my undergrad uh, was was awesome. And I think um, I really came into social work not to make money, but to uh, uh, live a passion. Yeah. And um, I started my first job in a in a hospital system working with people with a substance use disorder and. Um, I was I was making a lot of money, but I was not. I didn't feel like I was living my passion. Right. And that's when I, I left um, Michigan and I came to Toledo, Ohio, and I worked downtown in um, Toledo with um, uh, people and I uh, who were folks who had um, uh, who, who were from the inner city okay. and people who had uh, addictions. That were devastating and caused, um, you know, caused incarceration and mm-hmm. caused uh, people dating injuries and, and cognitive impairment. And um, I began to know, oh, this is what I'm here for. Right, right. right yeah, yeah. And um, so, did um, substance use disorder treatment. I also was on uh, one of the very first ACT teams that was created in this community. Yeah the majority of my um, clients were people who were not guilty by reason of insanity. Mm-hmm. And then um, then I liked that work with the courts a lot. And I went over to um, another agency and created a reentry program mm-hmm. for adults and usually coming out of the prison system. And then um, ventured into the VA and um, I now um, uh, get to work with homeless veterans. Okay. And okay. An Eighteen okay. county area wow. in two states. Wow. Right? Wow. wow. Regional.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wish this mm-hmm. was a video because if you guys could what? see Kimberly and I just <laughs> listening, just listen, like, a like wow, at the right, right, sitting <laughs> at your feet, listening to this, yes. it is like so, yes. so awesome. But one of the things that really capture is your childhood, mm-hmm. you know, and just the passion, you know, the morals that you, you know, have from childhood mm-hmm. that made you realize you know what hold on it's not about the money if I'm not making an impact the money means absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of times in social work at least those that I'm seeing whether it's through various social media I'm seeing them thinking that they're in the wrong field Mm -hmm. and I really want to encourage them to really start remembering why they got started Right. you know and you just sharing that really yeah. you know what I'm saying your path so far is like okay don't give me money this is what I'm doing I enjoy you know doing this mm-hmm. right here providing services so now you're working with the VA the vets you say homeless mm-hmm. vets homeless veterans
1: and I did um, I did some teaching for um, bachelors and masters level social workers um, at a university in, in Michigan, and have really enjoyed giving back to the field. Yeah, and um, working for the federal government, <clears throat> you um, have we have a lot of resources and uh, at our hand. And so, doing social work within uh, what we call a closed healthcare system. Um, has really been a very powerful experience for me as a social worker because I can actually meet a veteran down by um, the river um, and uh, take them up to the clinic on Detroit Avenue and in a six hour span, they can see a primary care doctor, a nurse, get all their medication. They can see a, a social worker therapist. They can see a, a prescriber and they can get their medication Mm -hmm. and um, I always talk about my um, best social work day Um, we all focus on our worst social work days I remember when I was younger in my career I would go I'm going to go to four times as many funerals than I will Mm -hmm. ever go to um, weddings or births, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and <clears throat> my very best social work day in my entire career uh, was the day I met a gentleman uh, uh, over in Promenade Park. He was sitting on the grass and I walked up to him. I said, hey, are you a veteran? He says, yeah, I'm a veteran. So is it okay if I sit down next to you? He says, sure, have a seat. How's it going today? He says, it's not going well at all. He goes, "Um, they're telling me to go and get those little girls. And he points over to a mom with some kids that were playing. And I said, gosh, that's gotta be really scary that your voices are telling you that. He says, yeah, you know, when I was in prison I took the medication and they didn't bother me at all. And I thought, oh, I'm getting out. I'm gonna be okay. He goes, but I'm not okay. And I said, boy, um, I wonder if you'd let me help you. And he said, I absolutely will let you. he goes, I do not want to do this anymore, and I do not want to go back to prison. And I said, all right, so here's our plan. We're going to walk down to this bus stop. I'm going to get you on this bus, and we're going to drop you off in front of the VA clinic. And I'm going to be at that bus stop waiting for you. Take him over to the bus, pay his fare, tell the bus driver, like, he has to get here. And um, I drove over, he got there. And it was, in four hours, he had um, he seen a doctor, got on some blood pressure medication, saw a psychiatrist, got on some um, antipsychotics, went on to get a part-time job, and um, eventually went on to get his own um, place on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, and was really, uh, stayed in his sex offender treatment for three years, mm-hmm. uh, way past what his parole required. And he is a lifetime registered sex offender. Um, he's, uh, this was uh, 12 years ago. Okay. So mm-hmm. he's older now mm-hmm. and he has um, some social security that he lives off mm-hmm. of, but he's never reoffended, and he takes his wow. meds and, wow. you know, and so that's like my best social worker day. Yeah. Like yeah. I can think of all the fluffy stuff, but right. when I talk about a social work opportunity, a, an opportunity to really help a person, um, to, to really bring their life together out here in our community and, and not have to return or revert back to old behaviors,
2: um, I see that as a great social work day. Absolutely, right? yeah.
0: absolutely. Can we have any
2: questions? Yeah,
0: that is awesome.
2: It is. As, a, as I think about this and I'm listening um, to Sean speaking, a whole thing about six figure social workers. Um, it is so important to have good mentors and people in your life because, as Sean is speaking about, and she talked about many moons ago and the reentry program she created, um, I was a part of that initial program. And fast forward, here I am, a social worker 15 years later, and still having that work with the court and helping people because of that seed that was planted. Absolutely. And and you know, just having someone because I think that sometimes we look at this field and there's so much negativity and so much discouragement or people saying, no, maybe that's not really what you want to do. But are you talking to the right people? Right. Are you being able as a as a social worker starting in the field to have people to be able to say it's not just about the money, it's about who you are on the core of you and is there something inside that someone can tap into and help set that path for you right absolutely
0: so I know it's not about the money but Sean are you still eating <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to know are you still able to eat why are you helping other people eat are you able to eat Sean? so um,
1: I am I am the social worker about um, I would say probably about 17 years ago I started saying this to social workers you can make six figures, mm-hmm. mm. you can, you can make over six yeah. figures, yeah. we, um, the only, only thing that we're bound to in regards to salary is our own limitations, yes, right? Yeah. I like that, I and, like that, um, I, uh, I, I've always, um, admired people who had a business sense, and I've always done everything I can do to learn from good business people, mm-hmm. business-minded people, and I've worked for a lot of private practices over the year because I, I you know, we often hear, hear each other say I have a couple side hustles, right? <laughs> yeah. Because um, I'm not afraid to work and um, I'm not afraid to um, put in put in the time. Right. So again, about 17 years ago, I started talking about, hey, what, why can't we have six figures? Why can't we make mm. um, the same amount of money as the person that's... You know, selling something or, or marketing something, right. and um, you know, a lot of social workers would look at me like you're crazy. We you don't make money, mm-hmm. and um, I hear a lot of social workers say there's just not enough money in this to stay in it, and um, and I often will say. Have you ever sat down and talked to somebody who's making hundred and thirty, hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year? They don't just work a nine to five,
2: right? Right. You know,
1: if we, if we, we're our only limits. So, if we want to make that money, how do we go about getting ourselves involved in different activities? How do we get ourselves trained up and educated mm-hmm. and certified to do those things that are going to bring in? Um, the work that's that is our time with our time right yeah and so um that this whole idea i remember speaking where i graduated from with my bachelor's degree i remember speaking to they have a full social work program now and i was an alumni brought in to speak to them and i said if you're sitting in the audience today and you think you can't make a six-figure income as a social worker you're fooling yourself Right. And there was dead silence. Yeah. And I said, please feel free to come up to me afterwards and I can tell you yes.
2: like, how
1: how's the best way to go about doing this. Right. Yeah. And um, only one person came up to me. <laughs> and an audience of like <laughs> 75. Um, a young man came up and he had a big smile on his face. He goes, I've never heard a social worker bring this up. Yeah. And I said, you know, <clears throat> we get so focused on um, almost being... Uh, sometimes we call ourselves the redheaded stepchildren. Mm-hmm. You know, your social workers, mm-hmm. do you really mm-hmm. fit in here? Um, in some work environments and in some environments we're like so focused on helping with limited resources that we forget to advocate for ourselves or plan our yes. own yes. destiny. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Our own social work destiny. Yes. And um, so I think over the years like I challenge people. I challenge social workers all the time you can make six figures yes you work smarter not harder yes and um you (laughs) you you make a plan you um involve yourself with people who are doing the things that you want to do that are like-minded and you learn from them Mm -hmm. you you develop mentor mentee relationships and it's been really great for me to watch lashana over (laughs) these last years um everything that you planned you are putting into place, yeah. and you're, and you know, you are making it happen. And there's days mm-hmm. when um, I watch your progress in the community, and I watch your progress on Facebook, and I listen to your podcast, yeah. and I think, you know what? There, there you go. Get it. You have yeah. your plan. You're making it happen, yeah. and um, you're thoroughly enjoying it the entire yeah.
0: way. Yeah. And yeah. that's like that's our important. passion, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then what i gave to you yes. you're yes. giving to other Absolutely. social workers, right yes, yes. yes. so um, yes. it's a it's a uh, amazing passion-filled spiritual experience yeah, that you have. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and
0: we're all coming mm. from different walks of life, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and it's different. good, because that was going to be my next question, because like, <laughs> I didn't know that about you, right? So yeah. I was thinking, like, what was you thinking when I said Six Figure Social Worker? All of a sudden, I started talking about the Six yeah. Figure Social Worker podcast, and years ago, you've been telling people, mm-hmm. like, you can make six figures right. in this field, you know? Right. And so that's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. And it also <laughs> shows, the like what Kimberly said earlier, how the impact you had in our lives yes you know I mean it's amazing and I look at you know the two Mm -hmm. mentors I definitely consider you you know and Celia Mm -hmm. my mentors when it comes to the profession and then how you guys I'm able to kind of like put a smile on you alls face like you know what I'm saying yeah y'all did this you know and that's that's awesome for me you know to hear as well so um I thank you for being willing to come and share and I mean seriously, we're sitting here like at your <laughs> like, feet, in like, all, yes, in awe, right? Like yes, seriously, because it is.
2: It is so um, refreshing to be able to continue to walk this walk mm-hmm. with people that saw you at the beginning. You're in the middle, and and I love because I do think that we become such um, such givers and helpers. Mm-hmm. Yes that it's like okay wait a minute you need filled up too mm-hmm. and you don't have to be broke to do it right exactly right right, exactly. You don't have right, to, be right. Broke to do it exactly
0: and that's what this podcast mm-hmm. teaches. you we yes. teach you how to make a living while you're making a difference that yes. is the whole thing so sean um what would you say last words would you say words of encouragement maybe mm-hmm. steps that you would say to a social worker that feels stuck and they're just kind of like okay did i make the wrong decision or whatever
1: so it always scares me when I hear that a social worker feels stuck. Yeah. Um, because what that means is that social worker doesn't have a mentor. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that always the, the best thing that we can do for our own selves and our own careers is to go out and find a mentor and it may not be another social worker. Mm -hmm. It may be a mentor who owns a business or a mentor and it doesn't mean we need to change fields but it means that we need to learn something more about what we're doing. And a lot of times, a lot of us go into the field of social work because it's intuitive and we're intuitive people, that's how we help people so our intuition is very strong And uh, we lead these very intuitive paths that sometimes I feel, I used to feel like I'm the the pinball in the pinball machine bumping around on the bumpers waiting for the flippers to hit me up, right? Mm. And move me around. And um, I remember transitioning from feeling that way to being the author of my own story when I uh, got into graduate school and beginning to understand that, like, this is my narrative. I get to define Mm, it it. and um, I get to write this, right? And I get to determine what is or isn't going to happen. And that's where I really started to sit down and go, career-wise, this is where I want to go. Yes. And then what are the steps? And who are the people that I need to support me? Right. We spend a lot of time helping people build their own support systems. Right. And remembering that we're intuitive beings who um, live in a capitalist society. And so how do we, as social workers, begin to learn more about um Where the money is, Mm. how do we as social workers begin to learn about how to manage that? And how do we learn how to develop our own professional selves to become the social worker who is comfortable, um, who is able to build um, an enterprise or a business to help other social workers, right? And um, so I think when I talk about um, six figures and challenging social workers and my advice is always we want to respect our intuition but it's time also for us to begin to understand what it means to be a business uh, person also. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. absolutely. Alright, well thank you. Hopefully mm-hmm. you listeners have received some wisdom. We have. Yes, you know, we surely <laughs> have. Doing the interview. So again, yes. I my goal is to bring people on that I know that's making moves in the field of social work that has wisdom, knowledge, experience, that has a heart for it. So don't think that this is just about money. We make the money because we have the passion to help individuals. And that's really what it's about. So thank you once again for tuning in to the Six Figure Social Worker podcast. Again, I'm your girl, LA, your Six Figure Social Worker, and I will talk with you soon. OMG. Okay, thank you for tuning in. You guys, I was so excited interviewing Sean for this episode. I hope that you got something that would encourage you to continue in this field of social work. And listen, if you don't have an, a mentor that will help you in the field of social work, reach out to us reach out to me. I will link you up with Sean, Kimberly, or myself, or any other person that have been featured on this podcast. Our entire goal is to see you dominate in the field. Again, as social workers, we deserve to make a living while we're making a difference. So, if you haven't reached out, you can reach me on my social media handles. It's Six Figure Social Worker or Six Figure SW on Instagram. It's Lashana out Lashana Townsend. I'm sorry on Facebook, and um, you can send me an email, send me a message, let me know how we can assist you further in this field. But by all means, don't give up. Thank you once again for tuning in.